Good morning, everyone. Are we all okay? It seems rather strange standing in front of you without being stood up or without a guitar around my neck, but I think I'll try and cope. <laughs> so uh, thank you for the introduction, Raj. Yeah, so um, this morning we're going to be continuing our Life to the Full series, and hasn't it been a great series so far? Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and we've tackled some really big topics over the last number of weeks, haven't we? Um, huge areas of life and how we can walk through them in a godly way. And this morning, as we've heard, is going to be no different, and it's another biggie. Uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of worship. Um, now, it, it may seem like an obvious choice for me to be stood here talking on the subject of worship, and you may be forgiven for thinking that I'm going to talk about uh, sung worship and song and music. Um, if you're expecting that, I'm sorry, because you're not going to get it. <laughs> Although those things are a real passion of mine, I've got a much bigger passion, and that's the passion to worship. Uh, you see, worship is much deeper than songs. It's much deeper uh, than dance and art and flag-waving and visuals. Whatever it is uh, that you like to do during worship, you see, these are ways in which we express our worship to God, our love to Him. It's not worship itself. Yet often we find that when we think about worship, when we discuss worship, they're the things that we talk about. When we're asked what worship is, yeah, it's a band. Probably better than the one that was on this morning, but... <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. So, it leads us to this question, so what is worship? Um, lacking academically, I usually look to the dictionary when I want to learn about a word, and that's what I did... Um, uh, for the, uh, when I was preparing for this morning. And in the Oxford Dictionary, I saw that there was two main definitions um, of the word worship. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at both of those in turn. The first one is this. The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. I'll read that again. The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Now this sits well with us, doesn't it? That feels good. We understand that we worship our creator God in heaven, our saviour, the son Christ Jesus. So that kind of feels, yeah, I get that. that he's our deity. Yes, I get that. So put very simply, Christian worship can be described as us receiving the love of God and in response, us pouring our love back onto him. It's about our connection with God. Worship is not merely something we do, but more a way of life. And if you don't believe me, here's what it says in Romans. Romans 12 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship is allowing God's love to deeply penetrate our hearts and then in response, giving thanks and praise in every area of our lives, laying everything down before him. 
So that's the first definition. But let's have a look at the second definition. Sounds a little different. Feel great admiration or devotion for an object or person. Feel great admiration or devotion for an object or person. Now this, it feels a little colder, doesn't it? It doesn't feel quite as nice. And what we start to realise is that worship can become worldly, of the world. So we take, for example, uh, the worship of a football team. Now yesterday, by the grace of God, Middlesbrough won 2-1 against Reading. (laughs) But not too far away, at at that football ground, there'll have been close to 30,000 people screaming, shouting, praising the players. That's worship. They were worshipping Middlesbrough Football Club or 11 people on a pitch kicking a ball around. We can also see this in the worship of celebrity. So an example of that might be 20 to 30,000 people in a concert hall watching, who do we like, Taylor Swift, take that, to the point where they're so emotional that they can be crying. That's worship. They are worshipping. You see, worship is whatever we're placing worth to. And the old English word for worship is actually worth-ship. So what is it in our lives that we're placing worth to? Is it something that we're giving glory to God with? God's been nailing me while I've been preparing this, let me tell you. (laughs) You see, what we learn is that we have a choice. We have a choice of what or who we worship. So if I've got loosely three points, we've just done one. We're doing well, aren't we? I want, to leave, I want to leave a lot of time at the end to respond in worship, so this is going to be short and sweet. So, that, so the next point really is worship is a choice. So whether we realise it or not, worship is happening all the time. It's all around us. So whether Christian or whether it's someone with no church background, not yet saved, we're all worshipping something. And in the modern world, this has become more and more evident, hasn't it? We see more of it. The worship of celebrity, the worship of technology, the worship of our careers, the worship of our children, money, education, football, alcohol, drugs, sex. The list goes on and on and on. You see, if worship is an issue of the heart, then where our heart is, there also we'll find our worship. We live in a fast-paced world of selfish needs where finding our own satisfaction is just one click away. And our focus and motivation can very quickly be taken away. We have a choice of what we worship. So here's a question for us all this morning. Are we worshipping God in the everyday of life? Tough question, isn't it? But please understand, 
I'm not saying that all these things that we've mentioned are bad. Some of them are, but not all. You see, God has called us to be part of the world and to influence it with the good news of Jesus, with the gifts that he's given to each of us. The issue is not the things that we do, but the heart behind it. So listen to this. This is my Twitter moment, Gav. (laughs) And Heath, you can put it on Twitter as well, thank you. True worship should not be self-motivated, but motivated by God. Now, I learned this the hard way. So, when I first got saved, I was saved on an Alpha course uh, that Jubilee Church ran uh, some 14 years ago now. And uh, very quickly, people noticed that I played guitar. Um, I, well, I knew a few chords, uh, and I could vaguely sing in tune. So I was thrust into leading worship in small groups, in uh, bigger groups, uh, in alphas. And this morning, I just want to say, for those guys that were there, thank you. Thank you. Because I know I was awful. (laughs) Thank you for your perseverance. Thank you for your patience. Because what was happening was, I was more concerned about whether I was playing the right chords. I was more focused on whether I was singing the right words, whether people were enjoying it. And then what began to happen was my focus became seeking the praise of people. That's not worship. So my worship, as Paul would have said, was like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal because it didn't come from love. So later, um, I would have an encounter with God at one of our midweek groups, uh, big groups, um, where I would receive the love of Jesus in a powerful way, and it would change me forever. You see, my worship now came from a heart deeply rooted in the love and character of God. So we've talked a lot uh, already about this being a modern-day issue. Um, It's not just a modern-day issue. We see in the Old Testament God's constant attempts to reconcile himself with his chosen people, the nation of Israel. And despite seeing God's miraculous hand at work, on many occasions, they wind up falling into pagan worship, idolatry, and even worshipping other gods. You see, we were created to worship. So if we're not worshipping God, we're definitely worshipping something else. And when we think of great biblical worshippers, we often think of David. Brilliant man. We hear how he's a, a man after God's own heart. And that with a heart full of worship, he slays Goliath and later becomes king. Yet when he chooses to worship anything other than God, things very quickly turn sour, don't they? 
he commits adultery. And not only that, he has Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed. You see, when I think of times in my life when I've chosen to worship anything other than God, do you know what? Nine times out of ten, it's led to disappointment, to times of difficulty, bad decision-making. Does this ring any bells with anyone this morning? Now, I, I do appreciate that some of you might say, well, it's, this is all good and well, Andy. Yes, worship's a choice. I need to choose to worship. But I'm dealing with this issue right now. I'm suffering from this right now. I'm going through this right now. Choosing to worship God through hardship, through trials and suffering isn't easy. I get that. You may or may not know that uh, I've had seasons in my life where I've gone through bouts of depression. Two reasonably recently. And let me tell you this, it was really hard to stand on that stage there and lead you all in worship. You see, what I really wanted to do was curl up in a ball on the sofa and forget all about God. Because I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed for myself that I shouldn't feel that way. I felt ashamed in front of my family and you, my family. I thought, I can't worship God. But something deep inside pushed me and I did come. I did lead worship. And do you know what? That's where Jesus met me. That's where I started getting healing. It was in pouring out my heart before him, despite of my circumstances, where God met me. You see, despite those circumstances, God deserved my worship. Another example for you. Matt Redman, we've all heard of Matt Redman. Amazing worship leader, one of the UK's leading worship artists. Now, there's an example of a guy that's endured terrible suffering. Did you know that? At the age of seven, his dad committed suicide. And just a few years later, he suffered abuse from the partner of his mum. And in later life, he and his wife, Beth, would go on to suffer six, six miscarriages. Yet throughout this time, he still poured out his heart in worship. Throughout this time, he's written some amazing songs that have been sung by millions around the world that have led people to Jesus. You see, he chose to worship. He speaks candidly about uh, his life circumstances and how rather than running away from God, it propelled him closer to him. Let's make the choice this morning to worship God in everything that we do, in every season, good or bad, seasons of blessing and abundance 
and seasons of suffering. The fact is, despite of our circumstances, God always deserves our worship. So God has put on my heart uh, while I was preparing this my next point, which is extravagant worship. My vision for Jubilee is that we would be set ablaze with hearts on fire for God. That we would choose to worship every day in the place God puts us. That the love of God would overflow from our joyful hearts and penetrate this city. That we would learn to accept and receive the never-ending, unconditional love that God has for us. And allow that to overflow into song, into music, into dance, into the arts, into our very lives. That we would be motivated by that same love in our workplace, at the schoolyard, amongst friends, amongst family. That our very lives would re reflect the wonderful goodness of God for all to see. That we would live lives that bring glory to God. See, I want to see the type of extravagant worship in this day, in this church, that led David to dance undignified. That led the woman to pour perfume over Jesus. Her very life savings. What is it you can give in worship? You see, I passionately believe that living with a heart of worship can transform our environments. That it can transform Teesside. When we worship, we host the very presence of God within us. In the book of Corinthians, Paul tells us that we're temples of the Holy Spirit. That when we go out with hearts of worship, we're doing so with Christ in us. What a privilege. What a privilege it is that we can be co-workers with Christ. But let's not forget to take Christ with us. <laughs> and I know I'm guilty of this. So, sometimes I do a take a Jesus to work day. And I go along with Jesus to work. But you know what? For the rest of the days of the year, I'm kind of like, do you, know, do you know what, Jesus? Don't need your help today, mate. I've got this. I haven't. Let's take hold of that privilege and make sure we take him with us. So you might ask, what does extravagant worship look like? It's the type of worship that provokes you to speak to the person that you don't want to. We all know that feeling, don't we? It's the type of worship that lets you forgive the person who's really hurt you. 
It's the type of worship that provokes you to put 110% into that job that you really don't like. And I've been an estate agent. So, so I know that one. Here's one for you guys that are in education. It's the type of worship that provokes you to try harder in the subject that you least like. That leads you to sacrifice your own personal need to generously bless someone else. You see, it's taking Jesus into every area of our lives, into every situation and circumstance, every conversation, every minute of every day, allowing the Sovereign Lord, the King of Kings, the light of the world to be present with us always. Why? So that he may be glorified and made known to all the world. To get to this place of extravagant worship, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and not lose focus. We need to know him more the more we see the character of God, the more it leads us to worship. Because of God's extravagant love, he is worthy of extravagant worship. Jubilee. Are you ready for the journey of extravagant worship? Two of you. Jubilee, are you ready for the journey of extravagant worship? Because it's that extravagant worship that is going to save people. It's that extravagant worship that is going to open the door in your conversations at the schoolyard, at work, amongst your friends. Because they don't see us then. They see Jesus. So that's me done. Because what we've done is we've left plenty of time to respond. We've left plenty of time to respond in worship. We need to fire ourselves up to be people that are on fire for God so that we may change the atmosphere in this town in this country and in the nations so we're going to pray now and we're going to worship Lord I thank you I thank you for all that you are I thank you for all that you've done in my life and in the lives of the people that are here this morning what an amazing thing you did to send your son, your one and only son, to die on a cross, to forgive our trespasses, to forgive our sin, so that we may be free and reconciled with you, our Father in heaven. Thank you so much for that. 
And that's the only thing we need. That's the only thing we need, Lord, for our hearts to sing to you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, would you come upon us? Lord, we're making a choice this morning to worship you. Whatever that looks like. And if that means sacrifice, Lord, we're willing to do it. We're willing to put everything down before you, before your feet, Lord. So that we may live lives that are holy and pleasing to you. So Lord, I pray, would you come fire us up? Would you come fire us up right now, Lord, in Jesus' name? Would our hearts be set ablaze for you with a mighty fire that would burn bright in the dark places, the dark places where we go, Lord? Would your light shine bright? Lord, I'm reminded of that word you gave me about being a tribe. A tribe on fire for you, Lord. Lord, I pray that Jubilee would be a mighty tribe of hearts on fire for you, Lord. That we would start to see much fruit from our lives of worship. That we would start to see people saved. Lord, I pray for Alpha. I pray for Alpha right now, Lord. I pray that you would start to speak to people, even this week. Would you reveal yourself to them? Come, Lord. Lord, we just say we abandon ourselves before you. With our arms wide. I say, Lord, we just want to receive your love this morning. We want to receive your love right now, Lord. Help us to receive your love. If there's things in the way of us receiving your love, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would take that away. Lord, we want to live lives that reflect your glory. Thank you, Lord.